Hey there again, and welcome to the Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Stephen Moss, and today we've got a special guest, my mom. She's here today to give us some insight into what it's like to have a child with bipolar disorder. We'll also get into addiction, as well as some tips on how to handle someone with bipolar disorder and addiction. So without further ado, here's my mom. Um, so what was I like as a kid? You were... When you were very young, you were very, you were a happy child. Um, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't anything like there were any signs or benchmarks or anything that you didn't hit. Um, you were just a happy kid, just a normal happy kid. So did you ever notice or think something was off or anything like that? Not until, I mean, not until you became a teenager and again not having a background with bipolar it was difficult to determine what was moody teenager and what was that there was a problem I just thought that you were just a a moody teenager that liked to keep to yourself yeah a lot of a lot of it's you don't I don't think they even diagnose or even start looking for for um bipolar until you're a teenager um, so now, does some of those behaviors make more sense? Like, yes, yeah, yes, very much so. Um, you have to remember too, at the time frame that you were a child. Um, I, I mean, as a you being my oldest, you know, I you were the you were the guinea pig for everything, right? So of course, you know, when ADHD and ADD started, you know, really coming to the forefront. I, I, I was immediately like, okay, well, does my child do, do I? <laughs> is this something I have to worry about? Right. And I remember the the school counselor when you were in second grade. She said, "Can he sit through a two hour movie?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And well, then no, he doesn't have it. So of course, I that went off my radar. I was like, okay, my kid's good. He's, right. Mental good. health isn't really something that we talk about where we're from so right it's not really a big deal or well and and also too i remember there was another parent and you you know who i'm talking about but there was another parent that um had a child in kindergarten or pre-k and he had been diagnosed with add and i asked them i asked the mother i said well oh gosh you know i'm 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 really I really feel for him because I I don't want him to have to take medication at school and be, you know, any the kids think anything lesser of him. Right. Yeah. And she tells me, oh no, it's they all line up to get their Ritalin first thing in the morning. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember that it was like a pandemic kind yeah. of thing. And like so I, I, that that I was to actually me jealous because I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that to me like you know sent off all kinds of red flags because I'm like okay if if it's not in the water so if children are lining up to get their riddling, either something's going on here or you know so yeah I mean and and I didn't want any kind of stigma attached to to you with mental you know with mental health as as a child so right like I said it's not really a big conversation that's you know that's had a lot down there right. Um, so now that I've, I've got a diagnosis and I've been, um, I'm I'm on medication and I've almost been sober for almost three years now, or I have been sober for almost three years now. Um, what are some of the biggest differences you've noticed between before being medicated and sober and like now? 
Um, I've noticed that, well, I mean, you have to, you have to stop and think that you spent the better majority, almost all of your 20, all of your 20s and, and a good bit of your, your early 30s with an addiction. Right. So it's like you're having to feel, you're learning to feel things. These are the first time that you've, that you've ever really felt things. And, I, and having, having said that, I mean, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, that's a good thing, but it's like, it's new territory for you. Right. And as your mother, it breaks my heart for you because I want to, you know, I want to, this is going to sound corny, but I want to love you through it. And right. and that's not what you need. You need to, you need to learn to fall on your face. You right. need to learn to pick yourself back up. You need to learn to, you know, do the things that, that you would have done in your early twenties or late teens, early twenties, you're, you're beginning to feel those things now. Right. And it's not just feelings. It's just life in general, really. Exactly. I mean, should I didn't even start college until I was what, 30, 30, 31, something like that? Yeah. 32. 32. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, and that's something I should have done immediately out of high school. I thought about it, but, and I even, I just, I think my anxiety is what kept me from doing it because I, I drove up to to JCC uh, uh, probably 10 times. I just never went inside that place. And see, that blows my mind. Same thing with Blue Ridge. I pulled up to the parking lot like six times at least, and like I couldn't even get out of the car. That just blows my mind because, I mean, I remember you telling me that you you were going to go get your hair cut, and you drove up into the parking lot and had to drive, drive away. Yeah. And you drove up into the parking lot. It was like lot. a 45-minute drive to get to that place, too, and I got all the way there and was like, like, I even drove past it and drove around for, like, a good 10 minutes, but, like, trying to convince myself to go there. Right. And then once I pulled up in the parking lot, I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and zipped out and came back home. And, and and to me, that's so foreign because when I walk in someplace, if I'm going to get my hair done, I walk in like, okay, here, here I am, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, so it's... Um, and, and again, that's, that's something that w- we make a lot of it, but it breaks my heart for you because I want you to be... I want to fix you, and I can't. Yeah, no, and that's just—it's not a fixing thing. It's just a learning right. how to how to live with it. I think. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any tips for supporting a loved one with bipolar disorder? Um. Yes, and that is that. Being, being the mother, you know, it's there are times that I have to just back off and let you do your thing. Um. But I also have to I also have to tell you that I love you, um, and and don't take this the wrong way. But um, but there are also times where I have to say no. You're I have to have boundaries. I have to <laughs> right, sit and no. say no. This is not going to happen. You're not going you're not going to talk ugly to me like that, or you're not going to take your frustrations and anxiety out on me. Right. Um. Because I, I don't deserve it. And I mean, everybody has to have a a soft place to fall but i mean you know no i think boundaries are really important yeah the the boundaries i guess and and perhaps i should have set stronger clearer boundaries when you were younger but you know it well i think i think just i think finding out first like as soon as you can you know getting a, a diagnosis as early as you can is really the key because had we known a lot sooner if that was a conversation that we would have been able to have a lot sooner, I think a lot of, like, even the addiction part probably would have been at least avoided for a while or maybe not, maybe avoided completely or it just at least not as strong maybe. I don't know, but it, I, I think 
finding out as soon as you can is really the key. It's just hard with bipolar disorder because you don't you don't even notice it or like they don't even test for it until you're a teenager. So I think that's just really the hardest part. Well, it was it was very difficult, especially when you were in the the height of your addiction. You know, watching someone with with such promise and such you know, ability and gifts, just absolutely throwing your life away with both hands. Right. And, and it's like, it's like watching someone that you love. And I know I've told you this a million times, but it's like watching someone that you love running towards a cliff Right. and you're standing there shouting, there's a cliff, there's a cliff, you're going to fall. And the, and the person that you love just, just blindly, you know, happily running toward the edge of a cliff. And, and you know that that, that crash is going to come and it breaks your heart for that person, but what else can you do? Right. I mean, and also learning to forgive, forgive for the, the things that were done and said during the addiction, because yeah, I think that's a big part too. Yeah. That, that was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big challenge. I bet it was. Okay, um, well, I appreciate your time, and thank you very much, and I will talk to you later. Okay, love you. Love you, bye. <laughs> bye. So having bipolar, um, there's a bit of a predisposition for addiction. Knowing that now, what would you say is the biggest hurdle for a parent to overcome with a child who is struggling with addiction? To, to watch for the signs um, and to, to not not believe i mean not to not trust your child but take take everything at face not to take everything at face value um because when you were a kid or a teenager and were i've found out since doing things that i wouldn't have approved of um and you were telling me at the time oh no mother i i no no mom i would never do that <laughs> never 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 and i i just thought no my you know my child would never do that um so have a have a good close eye on on things and if there's a if there's a, an instance of um you know moodiness or depression depression that they can't just snap out of right that's been my challenge with you is that I don't suffer from that so that's completely foreign to me it's it's not something you know where I can just say okay I'm gonna choose to be happy today and right. and and just choose choose to be in a good mood or choose to let something roll off my shoulders I, you know I I can do that and that's that's sometimes why it's difficult for me to understand what you, what you what you experience is because I don't experience those and and never have right you know I can I I choose I can make the choice to be happy and I'm happy. Right. You know, everyone goes through situational depression and, and things like that. But but for me, it's it's not anything that... <laughs> sorry. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry about the ending there. My mom got a work call and had to take it, so the end of the interview was cut off. Luckily, we recorded everything we needed, so it worked out. But remember... If you know someone with bipolar or that is suffering from addiction, there is hope and there is help. There is always light, even on the dark side of the moon.